Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Red Mist Podcast. On this week's episode, Nate and I sit down with two special guests, Alec Vidal and Matteo Giuliano, who are the CEO and race director of the newly established Touring Cart Championship. TKC is, in simple terms, a traveling rental cart series, but they are here to provide a much more competitive rental league series where they welcome anyone to compete with the best of the best from established rental leagues from just about anywhere, as you'll find out. Nate first met Mateo on Gran Turismo, as they discussed in the podcast, and I actually got to meet with meet up with Alec earlier this year at Endurance Karting Six Hours of New England at Club Motorsports up in Tamworth, New Hampshire. So on this episode, we talk about what Touring Kart Championship is, who are Alec Vidal and Matteo Giuliano, and we hear some potential hot takes on what NASCAR needs to do as a business, because clearly NASCAR listens to the Red Mist podcast. Anyways, it was great to talk with Alec and Matteo. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast, and for all the listeners out there, enjoy the episode. We have two very special guests tonight. Uh, we have Alec Vidal, the CEO of Touring Car Championship, and race director of the Touring Car Championship, Matteo Giuliano. Um, Alec, Matteo, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for uh, having us on your podcast, Nathan. Yes, and it's you know it's I feel it's been way overdue, uh, just because I mean I kind of saw it like the the prologue of this whole uh, racing series come about uh, beforehand. And uh, I just, I just love how it's like, it's really starting to bring um, maybe drivers that haven't like figured out their racing career yet, or haven't had that real, you know, jumpstart um, in their racing career, whether it's, I mean, and now at this point it's, 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 you know, carts uh, in real life. And then also, um, esports on on i racing, which I mean has gone pretty rapidly too, and and, and I've I've seen it too. You know, there's there's even pros that are joining it in in re, in real life. Yeah, I mean it's been a really awesome journey so far. Um, my name is Taya, by the way. Uh, it's my first time on a podcast in a really long time. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, but yeah, so we started this a couple years ago uh, as a way. Uh, to have a better racing league in the Northeast. You know, we, uh, Alec and I actually met at New Jersey Motorsports Park doing a rental league. Uh, and my first interaction with this guy was, uh, he was in a number five cart. I'd never seen him before in my life. He came into my peripheral vision. I'm like, yo, this guy's sending it. And then unfortunately, the cart he had either had no brakes or he did not use the brakes. It was <laughs> lap one. It was lap one of a race in the middle of November. The tires were frigid. And I just slid right off the track. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to meet each other. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't meet Mateo in person. I, I first met him on um, Great Chismo 5. I created a league and he was, he was um, 
one of the drivers that just were, happened to be partaking in it. And, you know, after the pandemic, it was just, you know, I, I personally was kind of like having my own like reset, if you will, to my life. Like what, what do I, um, what, what does Nathan Labrador want? You know, what, what do I really want to aim towards and like what kind of personal goals do I want to accomplish? And one of them was to, um, you know, bring back my league, and then it it in in hand brought Mateo back, and and he was he was someone I've always wanted to you know meet in person, just because um and and this is this is how this I mean I feel the snowball effect really happened, you know I meet I meet Mateo because he mentions that there's a two hour race, and I'm all in on endurance racing just because Christian, uh, Sean, and I have had so much success at what was then. Uh, F1 Boston, uh, Christian. You you want to call it F1 Boston? Or are we going to call it X1 Boston? Or <laughs> so, so by legal terms, from when it was last open, it was X1 Boston. But when we started there, it was called F1 Boston. So just by uh, habit, we we always defer to F1 Boston just because it's been like that forever until uh, they had to legally change it over. But yeah, right. So we. <clears throat> I, I well, I started go cutting when I was fifteen, and then after a few seasons there, I've um, Christian started racing, and I got to uh, meet him, uh, Justin Rusco, who uh, who did plenty of, le- of leagues with us as well. Uh, definitely a b- strong ally on the Red Mist podcast here. Um, but that's you know, I, I, I we would do the endurance races and and Chris. I've, I've noticed that Christian and Justin were just always winning these races. And there was one time, uh, maybe I'm going maybe too far back, but just kind of building the prologue to before uh, Matteo and I tackled the two-hour race in New Jersey. They, they were winning, like, th- th- that's all I knew. Th- th- Christian and Justin would win these 90-minute endurance races with the rental carts and it took me a while to win one, and then finally, um, I I got to uh, really meet Christian. Uh, I it was, there was one endurance race where I had my the day before I had my wisdom teeth taken out, and so I still went to the race just to watch because I was I just wanted to see what would happen, and and Christian's like looking at me like, well, are are you racing today? Like like so like where where's your stuff? You know, kind of had that look to him. And I was like, no, no, I had my wisdom teeth taken out, so I, um, but I still want to, you know, to at least watch. And I, I got to be the grand marshal for the day. I got to wear the green flag, the checker flag, and everything, and it just really increased my drive to, to win. Because I mean, you know, what doing it's one thing, but and your next goal is to win, no matter what you get into. And so, and then we partnered up for in, um, more so the adult. Uh, league endurance races, just because um, Christian's dad, Sean, he would he would do uh, he would do those races, and I mean, really, more or less, he took me under his wing, and we were just um, doing really well. We even won a uh, Sean and I won a three hour race together one time, and that was that was pretty special. But well, the thing about like rental car yeah. endurance racing, I just feel like is you know you're not only have to work with the equipment you have, but, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of really the most equal endurance racing you can really get. And, 
you know, if you, it's just like any real endurance race or any real Grand Prix race. If you make one mistake, you know, that will really cost you in the long run. And most endurance races don't really have any cautions to catch the field up. So it really makes it so that it's really a sprint all the way from the beginning to the end. And I do got to say, just, just from what I've heard you guys do uh, up in, you know, K1 Speed and F1 Boston and everything, before I met you, I, I, was, I just knew that when you were coming to New Jersey, you definitely had some experience under your belt. Yeah, and I just, you know, racing with Mateo, I knew he would be pretty quick. You know, he had, he at least knew, uh, you know, New Jersey motorsports, motorsport parks, uh, layout, tracks. Um, and it was it was pretty new to me, so I, I definitely had to learn pretty quickly um, on what the uh, what the layout was. And, um, it, it, and Mateo, it turned out to be okay, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. And it's funny looking back on that day now, how ironic it really is. But I'll never really forget that day because it was around June in 2020. And if you look back at June 2020 now, that's like, holy crap, that's like a millennia ago, right? <laughs> um, but uh, when we got right into that month, I remember uh, the first few businesses were starting to open. And then New Jersey Motorsports Park had an announcement on racer.com. And I always would follow the Robert, Robin Miller articles on there. And then uh, that popped up, and it's a New Jersey Motorsports Park that op- reopened to the public on June 2nd. And me not having been there in years, four years at least, from that point, I was like, you know what? Like, I was already doing tons of iRacing. You know, so like, like you mentioned earlier, as soon as the pandemic started, I, you know, I was right back on my simulator. And honestly, it seemed like 70% of the entire world was on their simulator. Um, and you know, it was crazy. I was just getting into sessions. I went to an Insta session. Alex Pagliani was just right in front of me, so I'm just duking in that with him. You know, so I, I was doing a ton of sim racing and really getting getting back into it. So when I saw NJMP was open, I was like, all right, you know, I really want to experience some sports and athletics competition with other people. It's the one thing I missed the most after the pandemic begun. Uh, and then I don't know what happened. I found out there was an endurance race on Monday. Uh so after practice on Saturday, I was just like, oh, my God, like, you know, I, I miss ri- driving Avenger, uh, the Avenger layout, as you guys may have seen the endurance karting race on Instagram a little bit. It's, you know, pretty straight up, but you really got to not only focus on your karting fundamentals, but uh, the racing can be so nose to tail, you know, right through the first kink and the left hander and the S section and going up the hill. So it's great battles and Going into that day, we actually were racing against uh, Alec, knows these guys very well, uh, Henry Kelleher and Ben. I think his name, last name is Domethazine, and those two are very, very quick. I actually would race against them all the time in the leagues, uh, and they were our main competition. We also actually had Dom and Nick Callen, who are also um, a father and son duo. I used to race a lot, and uh, that day, uh, I, I just remember, you know, I started that race, and me and Henry, I think, had about... 15 lead changes before uh, like oh, 20 geez. minutes into the race. So, and uh, well, what, what do you remember from the outside perspective of that? Because it's been a while. <laughs> of uh, the two-hour race we did? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just um, I'll, I'll tell you, it was at first, it was a it was quite the uphill battle because I knew we had a fast cart. Um, at least what I could feel in like the practicing and qualifying. And then we had that transponder issue. They made us pit. And you just had this incredible, just laser-focused drive. Okay, I have to just be perfect. And 
I had that same mentality, and it was almost in sync. We just kept our head down, and we spent, I mean, this is no joke. We spent, I would say, an hour and 40 minutes catching up, and then all of a sudden with 20 minutes to go, I, <clears throat> I'm finishing the stint. I, I believe it's my, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think it might have been the last half hour. Yeah, like you did the last half hour, and it was every time I was on track, I'd be battling Henry, and then every time you were on track, you'd be battling Ben. Yeah, and I was able to um, overtake Ben, and it, we just set sail after that. We're just even, you know, increasing the distance. Yeah, and then remember, like with a, second. Couple, like a few minutes to go. Actually, I do remember they caught up. Remember their chain broke. Do you remember that? Yes, that was oh, just really man. unfortunate. And it's crazy because endurance racing. It is. That's just you can have it. Like I mean, obviously Toyota experience at Le Mans all these years. Oh, and which Christian was there. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the the most memorable moments of any racing event that I've ever gone to. So it's hard to top that right now for me. (laughs) Yeah, right. The first Le Mans you go to is that. And my first Indy 500 is Dan Wilton winning it. So I mean, and and uh, and speaking of Indy 500. You two went to a pretty good Indy 500 yourselves, along with uh, yours truly. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that's funny as we're talking about all these memories, you know. That, that, that's another fantastic weekend, I remember. Um, well, one, one thing I want to bring up from that, uh, Prescott Campbell, who was a friend of mine that I met on iRacing, uh, I actually met him in person at NJMP the year before at the USF 2000 race, and he went from 13th to 3rd in the rain, and I remember I was like cheering him on. You saw me. You came. He's like, dude, you see that, bro? I'm like, dude, you made that look easy, <laughs> you know. And months later, I remember we watched speed rate. We went to the track on Friday night, IRP after we went to Car Bay for the first time. Yeah, Lucas Oil Raceway. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's a, right, right after yours truly uh, snuck uh, my friend Alec here into the pits for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would know. Alex, you remember that Alec when uh when like I was like yo dude let's go uh let's go check out uh pit lane during carb day. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And they everybody had their special pit pass on and we were just wearing our regular tickets as yeah. if they were the pit passes and nobody questioned us. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because especially James Hinchcliffe. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I, I knew. Uh, by the way, I knew coming on this podcast that I knew some uh, gems are going to come out. But uh, actually, that skill of being able to do that came from me being a young, arrogant teenager <laughs> wanting to get away from my sister at Daytona. Right. I remember my sister like just didn't want to be there. I was like, oh, dude, I got to be around the people. Like, I got to be around the racing, right? So I remember I snuck in the pit road, and then I wound up being behind driver intros for the Xfinity race back in 2014. And <laughs> ever since, I remember just that feeling, just like the right being right before the race and just being in the action. And then I just don't know what it was, and that's just kind of you know my entire life. You know, if there was. And if there was any action anywhere, especially if it was on a weekend, you know, I had to be there. Like, if I wasn't there, something was wrong. And it's just, I guess, right. <laughs> I guess it's just my fiery, Aries attitude that I've had since I was a kid, right? Right. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of, um, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with your, your, your racecraft almost. It's, it's, you're, you're probably one of the more transparent drivers I think I've ever met. Um, <laughs> In yeah. in in iRacing, Grand Turismo, 
you know, we definitely have a lot of, you know, moments on Grand Turismo where we're, we're just, you know, especially, you know, there's definitely sometimes where steam was coming out of my ears and there's sometimes where it's just like, man, we had some good battles. So, um, no, it's, it, and <clears throat> I love that. I just, it's, it's funny. And like, sometimes in racing, like I, I take calculated risks. I wouldn't, I, uh, sometimes it's just like, I think about it, like, and it's like, uh, no, just do it. Like, <laughs> well, but, yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually, it's funny because, and, and every, every one of you has experienced it. And then most recently Christian Abbott, <laughs> um, it's no matter what I'm dealing with, I make getting by me a challenge and not just an arrogant challenge, a challenge that will, even if you do pass me, you're gonna be like, damn, that was fucking annoying. I would use my language, but uh, like you know, I was always inspired by Jacques Villeneuve as a kid. Because as a kid, I always was into GT racing and endurance racing. And whenever I would be with all my homies in my NR2003 team speaks, I always would would kind of like, I don't know. Whenever I would race at the road courses, I really quick, very quickly became that threat, you know, because at the ovals. Then guys that were racing the Papyrus game when I was younger were just so, so fast. And I, I was just having such a tough time keeping up. And whenever we would go yeah. to Montreal, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Road America, I, like, I just I, had this magic that would just come. And it was the real, my real chance to, like, show, like, the big drivers then. And even some of those big drivers then are big, you know, iRacing names now, like Zach Novak, um, you know, uh, even Ray Alfala. And, uh, I, you know, and then also uh, Alan Bose, all, all them guys. Like, I don't know what they're doing now, but, you know, they used to race on NR2003 before everything. And, you know, when I'd be able to even be in the same realm as those guys, you know, it always was like, you know what, even if I'm not the fastest right now, even if I'm not, you know, the hottest, You're on the grid. Here, I'm going to be a challenge. And I've always just put that mentality and seeing the way Jacques Villeneuve handled all the hate he got in 2012. Obviously, the NASCAR community, he left a little bit of a stain on but i don't know i've always <laughs> i've always loved that yeah no, so. I, I i hear you there and um and and alec i'm gonna kind of turn over to you um racing hasn't always been in your blood um but but why touring car championship um i mean is it, it, it was it just an idea from the pandemic or was it just it was just an evil plot to to the uh to uh d destroy the world from the very beginning oh yeah i mean you know racing has always been in my blood um you know not particularly motor racing but you know track rowing you know like my whole life has just been about racing so you know during the pandemic um i actually was looking for a job and i decided to work at the local go-kart track the uh, infamous speed raceway um <laughs> and you know just working there and seeing that like this is how a supposed go-kart track operates you know i was not like super thrilled especially when they wouldn't let me do any races so you know what i did i went down to njmp and i did one of the endurance races and that's where I met Matteo. Yeah. Um, and by the way, great person to meet, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, just like random. I don't even. Yeah, I didn't even meet him the first time, because the, there was two endurance races, two weekends in a row. 
I went the first time with my friend, and I went the second time with um, with Nick uh, Callen, and uh, that's when I met Mateo the second time. And, and I remember you know, that one. I actually had to organize that because at the end of the year, like Kevin emailed me, he's like, "Hey, we have one more date." He used to be the carding director there, uh, and he emailed me he's like hey uh, i need some people just for the end of this and i was like okay so i remember i i wound up hitting up like a bunch of said, hey we have one more you guys want to do one more and it, well, I'm not yeah and you actually there. you asked it in the discord that's how i found out and uh that's how we like organized everything and um you know shortly after that uh you know i i kind of realized that you know we can do our own races we don't have to wait for you know, NJMP to reopen again. So I set up a race between, you know, a couple people, uh, Dom, Nick, Mateo, and uh, our good friend Tangy. And, you know, we went and we raced, and that's kind of where the, the whole conception of Touring Card Championship really began. Because, you know, of course, being a racing driver... And working at an electric indoor go-kart track, you know, you, you think that you know that everything that uh, can help the track just be better. And when they don't respond to any of the things that you say, which a lot of racers experience, you know, your just natural inclination is to be like, I want to own my own track. Right. And so we went into, you know, that first event um you know with that kind of mindset and we realized after speaking with uh ethan oring's dad who's a, a financial advisor we realized that you know if we want to get there we have to start small and we had just set you know put together this you know small little event you know just five drivers and you know it, it occurred to us like oh well you know, this race was better than any of the league races that have ever happened at, you know, this track. So why don't we just create our own races and go to different tracks so that we can actually have, like, a solid league that gives people a real racing experience and, you know, travels to different tracks so people get to experience different things. And, you know, that's, that's how... Uh, touring car championship was born that was a really uh big transitional period in my life too because i remember like going into that winter you know i been i was fully immersed for this in the into the sport for the first time since i was 15 and i was 21 then you know so it was really like you know this is my this is my this is my chance to you know kind of come back into the sport for real you know and try to uh you know do something you know and Right, when, right from the get-go, we we kind of had an idea of what we wanted. You know, I, I had been doing uh, leagues at different tracks for years and years and years, so I really tried my best to uh, pass my experience that I had from that on to Alec, you know, just to tell him, like, what's a really good, what a really good championship is versus what I think, you know, a mediocre championship is. And uh, I remember we had one special day where I, I, I we ordered these two red polos just to, like, look professional um because were they, were they from tiger woods 
<laughs> uh, they could have been. They easily could have been. I remember they were red, actually, too. They, they were, they were oh, very. You mean, you mean, you mean the, you the jackets? Oh. Yeah, yeah, the jackets. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The start of our merch journey. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then uh, we got them because we had set up meetings with um, many different tracks in uh, New York and Connecticut. We set up a meeting with Autobahn. Uh, we set up a meeting with uh, Tim Hannon from OVRP. We, we, we just set up all these meetings, I remember. And it was all we were going to do at each meeting was like, hey, like we want to rent your track, uh, but we're just a little different than, you know, just a regular, um, you know, group. We go to like a party rent. or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like we, it was interesting. Like a a sanction championship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and because one thing that already existed before us was something called the American E-Cart Championship, and they do so exist. Uh, and at Audubon treats that series basically, you know, like the championships. They close the track to the public, and then it becomes a regional event rather than just a league race. So it's like that, you know, it's like that other level to where you know when you're at this racetrack this day, like, okay, like, this is big. You know, this is the regional, you know, if I win here, I'm really, I can move on to, you know, bigger things with my driving, you know, and that's kind of our mindset with uh, the way we were doing all this. So we went to Tim Hannon, you know, I remember we, he uh, showed us around. That was my first time at OBRP ever. So that was just, it was funny because it was literally in the snow and he literally pulled in after doing laps in the ice and he had uh, some kind of snow tires on and he was just out there drifting mm-hmm. in the ice. <laughs> so <laughs> that, 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 that was my introduction to Tim Hannon. Oh, great guy. You know, we had a, uh, yeah, I remember just learning so much from him and him and I clicked just from, you know, our, he's a musician too. And he's a musician that, you know, owns a racetrack. So, um, you know, I, I remember just being me and Alec just remember being there and seeing him having his dog and, you know, just kind of doing his own thing and running his own events there. And, you know, and then Alec and I kind of looked at that as like, damn, like people like us really, you know, it wouldn't hurt to try to go for a goal like that. Cause at the end of the day, we're all, you know, we all, we all want to live in a place where, you know, we can do things that we enjoy, you know, and sure. obviously when you had the great privilege of, you know, working on a, working or living on a racetrack, whether you, you know, you got it or, you know, you really worked for it. It's uh, really, special opportunity one and two it really lets you connect with the landscape and you know the people that come there and you know people aren't just coming you know to you know your business people are coming to your home you know so it kind of really showed us a part of grassroots racing uh that you know i remember as a kid from going to new egypt speedway but also just realizing like this grassroots energy in racing like can never die you know so you know as we travel to the different tracks that day i remember we were just driving through the cold new york mountains you know just mm-hmm. going as many places we can and you know to be quite frankly honest uh most of the indoor electric places didn't wind up working out <laughs> um except for one special place that i'm Grand sure, new uh, york. well, well <laughs> yes <laughs> which uh, I mean, actually go on to be the racetrack where we had our first event at Right. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, I remember Grand Prix New York. Let's 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 take a second to appreciate Grand Prix New York. Okay, so that place, I believe it was our first. Was it our first stop or our second stop? I believe it was our first stop. 
Um, um, yeah, it was our first stop because that's when we uh, were talking with Marco about um, naming. Yeah, because yeah. I remember that Marco Oldhapper. He's a uh, he's a big important name in carding in the Northeast. As you know, he had the F series for many years, and I don't know if you guys remember. He actually used to go to Excellent Boston back in the day. Uh, do you have any recollection of that, Christian? Yeah, we uh, we always saw the event there. I I never uh, participated in any of it because it was um, scheduling for me just didn't align. But uh, it was also we we would go and uh, I remember going there and watching it one day before I was really involved in some some of my racing, and it was uh, it was cool to see everyone there and and whatnot. Um, but I I also just saw like you just in my head like wow man there's just 30 carts and i don't really know if i want to wreck my cart too just because if you're in the middle of the pack it's it's kind of a bump fest and unless you're out front mm-hmm. or you know in the back like you aren't really gonna have you know too much of a clean race but that's that's also carting like everyone's on top of one another too so well yeah and you know that's really just the nature of it and uh just the f series in itself the f series has a uh, very as a reputation for being a very tough championship and one thing i will say about you know just me knowing him and knowing what he's about he he definitely has he a great uh german european energy he tries to bring to you know the sport you know he really has held so many races at english town throughout the years you know to really push the drivers and you know make them really really good one driver that's actually come through the f-series is uh fantina ferrucci uh, another driver that's come through the F series as of re- recently is uh, Andre Lafond, and even Chloe Chambers. She's come through the F series as well. Um, you know, it's uh, he, Marco Oldhaffer has been in karting for a long time, and when Alec and I came into karting, uh, I remember I met him just because I just rem- I just remember seeing him holding a mic. I'm like, Yo, dude, do you need help? Like, so you don't have to be holding the mic, walking around trying to help everybody. He's like, Yeah, sure, whatever, and then. Uh, he actually found out that I could announce, so he, you know, I wound up becoming the announcer of the F Series, and then after I became the announcer, I just was naturally in the booth, and I kind of had that bird's eye view of NJMP that was needed to help the races run smoothly and make sure everything was called the need to be called. So I took, you know, so I just became very involved with them, you know, and I was becoming involved with them as I was becoming involved with TKC. So it was just, you know, it, it, I was very me and Alec were very appreciative in the beginning because we originally were going to call, this is actually a fun fact uh, for anybody listening that, uh, you know, has raced in TKC or knows us or whatever. It originally wasn't going to be called the Touring Cart Championship. And Alec, what, what, what was what? our original name? <laughs> um, uh, so our original name was going to be the Tri-State Championship or the Tri-State Karting Championship. And... Marco actually convinced us to change the name because of the um, the sprint the the shifter series that he used to run with. Yeah, the um, Mike the yeah. yeah. He basically said that you know if you if you have a location in your name, you're limiting yourself to that location. So, yeah, you know, if yeah, we were the yeah. Tri-State Championship, it would make no sense to go anywhere else besides <laughs> those three states, like Jersey, yeah. New York, and and uh, and Pennsylvania. But, so, you know, he convinced us to change it. Uh, we ended up changing it um, actually based off of, uh, and this is a funny story, but um, I was driving down the road, and I saw a <laughs> test... 
a pest truck, like a, a pesticide truck. And on the back, it said GTO, which, you know, is also a name of a, an old Pontiac, which stands for like Grand Touring something. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, boom, Touring Cart Championship. Oh, like, so simple, clean. GTO helped it, or at least kind of started that name change. Which, I mean, it yep. sounds like to me, it, it, it's almost like um, it's almost like a BTM, if you will, like... Yes, a, that, that was like more that. inspiration, like, like sort of like grand touring racing, like, right. like yeah. that was all inspiration for the name. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, I mean, the, the name just really stuck. I mean, there's no other real racing series that's like this. And I, I, um, I for one, am more impressed of the international attention that Touring Car Championship has. Um, I, you know, there's there's a few uh, international drivers in this championship that um, I think really kind of add some um, weight to this championship. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, it definitely does. Uh, you know, having uh, we actually at the beginning, um, you know, we knew that in order to have our first race because what. Well, when we went to GPNY that day, we talked to a man named Alex, who, shout out to my dude Alex. He's a awesome, <laughs> awesome dude. He, he actually does racing in um, uh, Lemons. He does a lot of the 24-hour Lemons races, and he's done a few uh, few runs in AER. You know, he's a great, he's a great, fun guy to get to know. He actually is a Gran Turismo uh, pioneer warrior himself. And when I first met nice. him, we were talking about Gran Turismo 3. So when you were going to a racetrack, and then the manager is able to talk to you about that. Like, that's how we, we were able to really connect right off the rip. And then he saw our vision, you know. He really uh, he really saw what we were trying to do, and he saw we were trying to do something that, you know, would benefit uh, the drivers that are developing into young men as well as racing drivers. So, you know, he – and he took us, you know, for what it was because he had a league himself, and then he took us – he was really, honestly, he was a really important part of us getting started because he was one of the first people that really took us the way we wanted to be taken. And, like, listen, we're a regional championship. When we come here, you know, it's meant to be uh, the event that's meant to propel some of your league drivers into the realm of more regional competition. And when you, But when you bring up international – uh, when we had our first races, we had to, you know, this is just the matter of the fact, no matter what you're doing in life, you know, any business, if you're going to have an event somewhere, you know, you have to pay to use that property and you have to make sure whatever you get back from using that property is at least enough, you know, to cover, uh, you know, what that property was used for. And we, in order to have two hours at a track, we had to make sure, you know, we have enough people that are able to, you know, make that time viable. Because when I used to go to uh, Speed Raceway as a kid, which was the first leagues I used to run, they would have three different time slots. And those time slots would run an hour each. But in that hour, you would have to be able to fit a qualifying a, and two races. You know, that was, that was just the basic, you know, format that you needed uh, – to try to fit because, you know, and you guys probably know this from just, you know, getting started in your local leagues. Um, 
you know, once the league happens, it's just a different energy around like that play the energy of the entire business that day changes. It's like, okay, there's no, this is no longer open to the public. This is a sanctioned, you know, at K one, you know, it, it is just a, uh, much more taken seriously event than, you know, just, you know, people paying for sessions and going out there. So with that being said, uh, everything has to run a certain way. You've got to have the right track workers there. Uh, you got to be looking for penalties, you know, in, in order to make the racing property. So there's a lot that goes into it. And then, you know, uh, once Alex, under, Alex understood what we were doing, we were like, we booked our first race. Uh, it was on March 21st, which was a day before my birthday in 2021 um and leading up to this date we were starting to begin to set up other races but uh at the international thing in order to get international or just in order in order to get anybody <laughs> like they even come to the race we actually had to do something uh called guerrilla marketing <laughs> uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of that heard of the term but if the term guerrilla usually means like hands-on like you got to really do it yourself you know like guerrilla tape it's like you know, it's not the perfect fix, but it's just a fix for the moment. So we would hit people up and say, hello, we're a racing championship. Uh, we see that you race at this track. Would you like to be a part of this race? This is what you get for this. And, you know, if you want to come out, feel free to come out. And uh, thankfully, a lot of a lot of names that, you know, we've seen pop up in many races and you know, have already made a name for themselves uh, through our events, like Alex Anderson, uh, Brandon Devine, uh, Jake Innes, uh, David DeSilva. These these uh, these are younger younger guys are more in the realm of like 16, 17 years old, but uh, they, you know, they were league racers at GPNY, you know, and when they go to GPNY, like you know, they, that that's a racing series, you know, when they get up in the morning like that, they they want to win that championship. So you know, and I gotta say, Danny has helped making made GPNY's leagues very uh very very prominent, you know, and a very important thing to have in that part of New York in terms of the racing community. And, uh, you know, the fact that we were able to get some of their top league guys was a huge, huge part of us even being able to get started at all, because, you know, in order for our competition to have the prominence that we needed to uh, become something we needed, you know, any driver that was coming from outside of the area to have to not only, you know, race the other competition, but to have to race the best people that are at that track, the best count, because we wanted to tell the competition there, like, listen, you looking for, you know, something better, you're looking for something more competitive. We're going to bring people and this is what it's going to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you, and Dan, Dan Stevens, he's a great guy. He knows, he, he knows how to run a race and he's very quick too. He, I, I come to, mm -hmm. I, I came to learn that he was actually one of the, uh, quicker drivers at GPNY. Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, he's and when he was, um, I, I think he's still race director now. So, but is uh, or at least at GPNY, uh, a manager of sorts. He's yeah. he's he's saw my he saw my best drive at the uh, the Curry Grand Prix. Uh, I, it was almost Sebastian Vettel esque. I'm not trying to compare myself, but <laughs> it was from twentieth to second. I'm just gonna. Conclude at that, and he um, he was one of the first people to come up to me and be like, "Wow, that was that was really an incredible drive." And um, you know, I, I just race, racing with Dan Stevens. He's um, you know, he's he's very qualified to you know 
you know, really want good racing. Um, and he's, he's really quick too. So, um, yeah. And he was, uh, his, his, his another, words hold weight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And he was another huge part of how we were able to get our races going, you know, cause I, I gotta tell you just in terms of, and I, you know, for anybody listening, that's, you know, more on the oval side of things, you know, if you do local stuff over there, you, you know, you know, um, all, all the people that it takes, you know, the flaggers, the mechanics, uh, the, um, marshals, like everybody, you know, that is involved with running a racetrack. It is so vital to keep the community alive and to be able to have these events. And, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to anybody that is a worker at a racetrack and also loves what they do. You know, it's one thing to be a worker somewhere, but to really, you know, put your life into it, you know, to not, not only make a living for yourself, but to also provide a community um, you know, support for what they're doing. It, it's just hugely, hugely incredible. And Grand Prix New York, you know, everybody that has ever worked there always would help us with penalties, like right from the get-go, and was such a huge part for letting people know, like, this is for real, you know, and this is, this, this is the real first step on the ladder for, you know, racing, you know, because what I want to, you know, kind of prevail at, at, as and show people as our mission, we're trying to become... Uh, you know, a place where people can let out their inner feeling, you know, as Lewis Hamilton would say, you know, and, you know, be able to find the passion that they love racing with, but also uh, having a place where they can actually take the first step on a ladder uh, in a sport that, you know, is very difficult to move up a ladder, you know, kind of like a little league world series of parting, you know, because if you watch the Little League World Series, you know, a lot of these names, you know, like like even seven years ago, like Cody Bellinger, like I know to go go to baseball, I don't know, or like Cody Bellinger, like David Ortiz, like Shane Brick, like I can name, like I think almost every baseball player that has been talked about being in the Hall of Fame, you know, has gone through the Little League World Series or even Formula One, every Formula One driver that is on that grid has gone through the FIA world carding championship. You know what I mean? Like, Pierre, right. like even, and it's funny to even like, and just to show you like for anybody listening, like this is important for just to show you how interconnected this, the sport of racing really is too. look at somebody like Tangy who, who we used to race with at the beginning. And he was a, always a threat at some of our first races. Um, he used to race in France at the indoor tracks and he actually got discovered at the indoor track. So it just shows you, you know, what like these indoor tracks are not just like a place to go have fun. It is, but like these, it's a place to really prove what you're made of. You know, it's really the first place you say, I can drive the heck out of this thing better than anybody else. And in Europe, you know, it's well, because of how prevalent that business structure is. There's so many, karting tracks all over the place, especially in France and the United Kingdom. And when Tangy got discovered, you know, he was telling me these stories. He would race against drivers like Pierre Gasly, uh, rest in peace, Antoine Hubert, uh, Lando Norris. Uh, you know, there's so many drivers. And this, this is just through the French championships. You know what I mean? So it just shows you, like, that ladder to karting, ladder through karting is still there. But for anybody even that's remotely, you know, has a couple dollars, you know, it's, uh, the real way to get started is through rental carding. You know, that's the real, the real first step, you know, and having like, and there's like little league, like, you don't like little league is usually funded by local, um, 
townships and stuff because it's like part of the community and there's like the athletic association that's with the schools. Right, but, right, but, right. They, they just build that funding together and just yeah, exactly. they find the best players they can that yeah. are within that radius. You know, yeah, I, then there's scholarships for college and things like that. And then there are, there are things like that that exist in motorsports, but not only are they very expensive, but uh, they're very hard to obtain. And because, like, you know, there are like a, there aren't any athletic scholarships through like the NCAA with auto racing. That's like, like hundreds of millions of dollars. That simply not only you don't have access to, but it's also, um, you know, it's the most expensive sport there is. So, you know, having to try to grow the talent you need through whatever racing that you do or have grown to do in your life uh, to be able to get to that next level it's one thing, but if you literally do not have the financial backing, it's in in today's world, especially you know over the last eight years, you know the way the financial game has kind of changed for families, uh, it's it just you know it, it it can be nearly impossible. Like you know, you could have the skill, you can have the passion, you can have the willpower, you can have the focus, you know, you can have it all, you know, but then you could just be lacking that financial backing. And just because of that, you know, you kind of can't compete with other people that do have that, you know, and there, and I've seen so many great guys, you know, that just had to put together what they had to put together and, you know, you can get out there and, you know, I will say though, like it is, it is just my personal opinion. Like it is a little harder now to put together a package in like a, something like USPKS or SCUSA where you could put together a package for like under $3,500 and still compete at the front. Now, don't get me wrong. I see some like people that I personally know, even down in Florida, like Oak, Orlando Kart Center. Like I see people put together some stuff, especially in like the 100 CC class. And, you know, there, it's not as, as involved. So it's a little easier to than like X30, you know, to run at the front. But like, for example, like Steven Malazzi, he's, you know, he's a good friend of ours. He actually just raced in the truck series for the first time. We just met him he was telling me how he used to race against, you know, Nicholas Latifi and Nicholas Latifi uh, and also Nicholas Latifi's brother. I forget what his, his name is, um, but they, you know, they would come to the track with like a giant trailer, like catering. Imagine going to a karting track and have catering for your kid. That's ins- dude. Like <laughs> that's yeah. like, Oh my God. It's like, Oh, here's your perfectly set protein lunch just for you right just like right there and then meanwhile steven malazzi is in this like blank cart like under like a blue tent wearing just like a blank blue suit you know what i mean like there's a video of it on youtube it's insane and you know and then he's racing uh with the latifis for podiums and this is in 2006 and i'm passing on this story because that's what i love doing just passing on stories i hear Cause it just proves like, you know, when, you know, when the equipment is even and when the equipment is at least like, you know, you are able to get out there and have something to work with, you know, money doesn't matter. It never has. And then never will, you know, when it comes down to pure skill and pure talent and pure racecraft in the moment, you know, the most successful, you know, named in auto racing, you know, they, even if they had the financial backing, they would never have been able to accomplish what they've accomplished if they didn't have the skill to do that, you know, and, 
in a lot of other sports, because of the scholarship programs that exist, you can, you know, improve yourself at the high school level or the college level and move up to the NFL and go from, you know, Kensington in Philadelphia or somewhere in Detroit where it's very low income and hope and opportunity is very low, but you can still make a name for yourself. In auto racing, it's happening, but, you know, you can, you, you know, you can always say it can always be better, you know, and when we started this, that's kind of what we uh, wanted to, you know, go, go with. And, you know, just a couple shout outs to uh, Dave Campos, who's been a great part of our program. He started racing with us towards the beginning. He went to the Lucas Oil Racing School, finished eighth out of 30 drivers, man. You know, that's like that. That's you, some great feet. That's, that's great. You know, uh, <clears throat> you know, and any driver that's like, you know, represented us or raced for us, thank you so much. You know, it's every, I try to let every driver know that whoever comes like to a league, league race or an esports event, which we'll get into, you know, if you are there and if you come, this isn't just you being a part of my, you are now a part of this. You know, you're now, this is now your, you know, your place to prove what you're made of. So uh, it's going to be an interesting ride. Uh, I can't wait to see because I, I mean I got to say even somebody like Juan Cosme, he's a friend of mine from North Jersey. Uh, he started racing with us um, when we were going to tracks like GPNY, even Lehigh Valley. You know, uh, he and he's now starting to get into doing some uh, KA sessions in the next thirty session or two, which is fantastic. He, like, and I, I've just seen so many of these guys grow so much and. Uh, and I didn't expect guys like Ramon, who is from Belarus, and Augusta, who's like these drivers. They live in the Philadelphia area. Like a lot, of, a lot of our drivers actually do ride. They're coming from the greater Philadelphia area, which is which I like. <laughs> but they are rooted from somewhere else, you know. Um, so you know, when the, so the, the country they're actually representing on track is not just the United States. They're representing. Brazil, or in Ramon's case, Belarus, and uh, Ramon winning at GPNY and winning at New Jersey Motorsports Park. You know, I, you know, even as time goes on, like I want to remind people like of that. You know, like because <clears throat> there's going to be so many races. You know, we're going to be doing so much, so much more with social media as time goes on. Um, but you know, those those wins that he has achieved in our championship, like I don't think. <laughs> Maybe we realize like how big that is, but that's insane. Like you don't really like Belarus is literally a country that was a Soviet country, and they are one of the countries that's trying to hold their independence. Or and there's a lot of crazy political stuff that goes on with that country. But like, uh, you know, for somebody to come from a place like that and come to the United States and win in a sport like this, it, it is like. It is special, you know, and I, as over time and hopefully more people become aware of, uh, you know, what our program is, I want to remind people, like, yeah, like, you know, this is a, this is a place for anybody from anywhere. You know, I think that uh, we actually have a couple races coming up uh, very soon. Um, we got the, we're going our second Monza Grand Prix this weekend, the second one of the year. We're doing the same layout. Uh, and then we have, and Mateo, Monza is the one at Foxwoods in Connecticut, right? 
Yes. Yeah, so anyone <laughs> anyone here from New England, if you want to go race and be a part of Touring Car Championship, one of your closest venues is, is Monza at Foxwood. So, uh, Mateo, what date is that at? That is on Saturday morning. It is going to be registrations can be at 9 o'clock. Uh, you just go to the Fox Tower. Uh, it, there's a big parking lot in there. Uh, you just drive to any level, and then you just go to the, go to the elevator, go to the karting level, and you will – you will be at the right place. <laughs> and then if, yeah. if, the, if anyone from around here is looking for touring card championship, where, where can they find you on online on social media and where not? So we are at touringcardchampionship.com, uh, touring card championship on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter. This is, this is very uh, recent. We are now on Twitter. Uh, well, we're, we're going to kind of leave Twitter out of the occasion for now, but um, <laughs> mainly, uh, on Instagram, uh, if you want any updates on our esports championships, any updates, uh, we we also are on Discord. We have a growing Discord that is uh, some exciting things uh, coming up. So you feel free to join our Discord. You know the conversation extends beyond this podcast. You know this podcast isn't just you know we're not. It's not like this is an enclosed thing. The the conversation goes beyond you know into our race events and into you know us hanging out at the racetrack on weekends. So. Yeah, touringcardchampionship.com, touringcardchampionship on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, and um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I, be, being a racer in Touring Card Championship, these, these races are insane. They, they are insanely good. The competition, as Mateo mentioned, it, the, the competition is very tight. Uh, if you make a slip up, you're probably going to lose not just one position, but yeah, a plural amount of positions. <laughs> so it is. It, it's definitely you know, if if you really feel you have the skill, you know, lay 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 it on them. <laughs> or how about this? If you are at a racetrack anywhere uh, to the west of Ohio, and you actually want to race, come to the race. That that's it's for anybody that actually wants to race. Like if you are going, if you're paying for re- sessions at your track and well, or let's say, if, especially if you're winning every race. If you're winning every race, that that's your sign that you better be at our events because you're you're gonna be using your time a lot more wisely. I promise. Right, elevate your game. I mean, heck, that's that's how Christian elevated my game. I, 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 um, I was kind of growing up into like liking NASCAR, and then I got to meet Christian and like kind of like opened my eyes to like endurance racing and its purpose, and you know, just shifting my think- thinking from, well, NASCAR is great, but IMSA is pretty sick. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I, I really like that series. Just, I mean, and doing, you know, and I racing too, doing the 24 hours uh, at Daytona, 12 hours Sebring, Watkins Glen, six hours, Petit Le Mans, um, and, and all in between. Uh, great races in IMSA. Yeah. And even I racing. I mean, I think the. I think my background of just what I think of in in creating your racing form, I, I've always been someone who has been fascinated by people who can adapt to different cars, driving styles, because I think that's a, a more well-rounded driver. Um, but it also keeps you as yourself on your toes. And if you can easily adapt to stuff, then you're going to be able to um, get to the front a lot quicker. And that's, right. that's yeah. really all that that rental carts is all always uh, been about because yeah, every card is, you know, even right. Quote unquote. 
Um, but, but there's there's always <laughs> there's always slight differences. You know, there's always one cart where the motor is just a dog, and then there's always this one cart where it's a rocket, but it's just got no turn in at all. So you got to learn how to drive that. But that's that's the the gist too of like you're going to you're going into rentals and you got uh you know these are five minute races and you have to figure it out in the first minute otherwise you're not going to make it at all um well well, yeah you know and even for anybody that's developing as a driver you know in general being able to adapt to you know different equipment like this is a really good way of uh getting you ready for you know what it's like to manhandle something like that how your perception of uh weight transfer goes forward uh torque you know all, all of these things um you know and even what i'm continuing to learn and you know what i'm going to be experiencing what i've been experiencing over the last two years what i'm you know working on this week is that transition from rental karting into competition racing um because that next level is really when the games begin you know, as they say, right. Uh, you know, cause a lot of these drivers, you know, it, just with the champ and this is the beautiful thing. And this is just one thing I want to make clear. Right. So with the championship itself, the championship is meant to not only be a ladder program, it's meant to really be, if this is your, is this, if this is where you race, this is where you race, you know, like this is really just a open season for really any driver from any discipline or just any human being at all that likes racing you know, to uh, be able to go for championships and have championships that, you know, you can have weight to, and then you can put your name and, you know, your name is going to really go, it's really become history at this point. You know, it's not just, you know, I'm actually working on uh, something kind of exciting. Um, So there's a website online called uh, it's, it's a website that keeps all these stats uh, for racing. So it's a, it's a, I forget what exactly what it was called. Um, but it's a really awesome website because you can literally find racing reference. That's what it is. Racing reference.info. It is a website that has been used for the last, like, like it has like results from races back to like 1903 at like the Milwaukee mile, like something crazy. Right. So I am uh, hoping that, you know, that I can get in touch with them and, uh, start putting down a lo- all the stats that we've ever had from our two prologue races through our uh, first summer series and our uh, first win- winter series, uh, you know, and the summer series that we're going through right now. You know, I want to take we have all those stats and all the results, and I'd love to upload that, that there at some point because, uh, you know, a lot, like a lot of the performance that a lot of these drivers have, you know, accomplished is just... <laughs> like I said, you know, it's when you even when we go to a place like on track, like the second you are not in the pack or you're you're not in line, you're getting <laughs> you're getting freight train, man. It is. Oh yeah. Those the competition is just like, and it's fun. It is funny like seeing like what Monza becomes like when we, and their league races are awesome too. You know, don't get me wrong, but which are actually happening right now. I was thinking about going up tonight. <laughs> so thanks. Yeah, right. thanks. Thank you guys for keeping me home tonight and keeping me off the road because this sport has me on the road more than any other job I've had in my life. <laughs> oh, well, I, I tell you, I really, I really like that uh, that winter season of TKC. That that was definitely a really good season. 
Oh yeah, it was bit a, of a biased uh, opinion, huh? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, yeah, you'd always say, it's like, "Yeah, it was a really good season from somebody that uh, is drinking champagne out of a shoe in uh, the middle of March." <laughs> I have that taste, by the way. It uh, it, the, the little, alcohol little it, it killed the germs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like, a, like a, a steak well done nine yeah. times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. God, man, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make a drink and uh, name it the uh, Nathan uh, Leather. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, man, you're really reaching uh, for something there. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're getting, we're getting the new dimensions here, yeah. but yeah, it's 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 been a it's been such a crazy journey. Um, I'd be absolutely lying if I said it was smooth. <laughs> I mean, when when is there ever Plan A that works in racing? Yeah, I can't think of any. Plan A is always to go to Plan B, (laughs) (laughs) or or Plan F if you're Ferrari. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. I'm agree with that. uh, They got to get Gordon Ramsay as the team principal. That's just my. I think think Plan is going to be pouring out Plan Z at Spa. I'm I'm not. I'm not going (laughs) to. Yeah. Spe- speaking of spa, did um did you guys see the weather forecast for this weekend? I did not check. Ooh. What are we? Lo- What's the weather looking it's, like? It's looking like rain on Saturday for qualifying, and it looks like there's a chance of showers on on Sunday too. So I don't know. Everybody's making the memes of uh of what it was like for last year. So hopefully we don't we don't have a repeat of that. Um, but uh. Maybe a little drizzle yeah. is is would be nice, but you know, it, hopefully, uh, hopefully the race just goes on. <laughs> oh yeah. well, instead of I just a pace car and Nikita Mazaspin having fastest lap, like please, that's <laughs> oh not a God. real race. That's not a real race. <laughs> Listen, he didn't technically get the fastest lap no, no, because you gotta be, he wasn't. You gotta be inside. He wasn't the in the top ten. 10. Yep. So. Yeah. All right. Well, um, but, uh, thank you guys for uh, everything that you do with Touring Car Championship. It, it certainly, you know, rejuvenated my racing career, for one, um, winning the Winter Season Championship. And and I can't imagine what it's doing for other drivers, too, you know, and, and also bringing that idea to drivers that are, you know, on eSports, e- maybe outside of reach right now, but could be within reach from couple of months maybe a few years seasons right um i just i look at uh the esports and it's given you know even our, our very own christian abbott <laughs> an opportunity to win some races uh and also the driver like grant palmer who's in um is it usf 2000 he's racing yeah he, he was yeah so i mean and he raced is, with us at the 24 hours of nola right so it's just it's was, was it's he in, opportunities for drivers. Was he on the, the TKC team there at Noah? Yeah. Okay. Christian, sorry. No, no, no. I just I, I guess to fill the gap in here, I I I also went and drove there at that race too. So, I, but um, I, I was running with the NHK Red Mist team there uh back in oh March, so. yeah i don't yeah. know i remember you guys yeah, you guys I, were uh pretty competitive with us yeah the um the apex uh car team that was in second overall 
for towards the end of the race. They they were another team we were pitted with um, that had guys from NHKA as well. That uh, they they had a long story short they had a, they had a chain fall off at the uh, right at the dead end of the race, which which sucked. But they it it was proven yeah to all of us at, after the race was over that you know we we got some good comp- good competitors that are from the northeast and you guys with the the platform tkc is it's it is that kind of next step that you're looking for i mean if you're if you're stuck doing a rental league um and it's just you know the one location you do like tkc is exactly what you want to do you want to go and try other other rental leagues or rental carting places out and have a championship out of it like that is logically what i would always think would be the next step because then after that then you do get into these uh high performance cards or, or competition cards where you can go out and and um start competing in series like the f series um go up to the schools and whatnot and then make your jump into cars from there yeah definitely oh, yeah. you know i'm uh very very happy with you know what we've done so far but i think uh the curve ahead i think is uh going to be uh, really, really awesome. You know, I think the entire racing community is in an interesting place right now. You know, we're in our second year out of the pandemic and uh, going into <clears throat> next year. Um, I'm really excited to see what the Northeast can bring in terms of racing. I think the Northeast has had a, a really tough round. You know, do we, 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 you know, because even uh, us down, you know, with the F series and uh, everything going on. Uh, in English town and everything. And then you guys with NHKA, you know, like, you know, we've talked before it's, uh, you know, it, we've had a really tough running, you know, trying to run these races, get these races going and keep the racing going. Uh, it's really important. Uh, obviously it's not only good fun, but you know, it's just, it, it becomes more than that over time. It becomes just like what you do, you know, and how you push yourself and how you keep yourself in shape, you know? And I, I know a lot of guys, you know, like that, you know, they grow up and, they uh they they've been racing for so long and for some reason like they lose that spark and like, yeah, i don't need to race anymore i'm fine but you know hopefully they find other means of having one one but dave despain said one thing uh at the end of wind tunnel when he was when he had his 13 year run on speed tv done in 2013 he said all, all these years after all the racing after all the craziness that goes on you know he he remembered a <laughs> he remembered a time during you know 2001 when some guy needed tape to go run at a dirt track and somebody threw the tape from the crowd because there there's a tape shortage because there's a terrorist scare and the, the, everyone was just throwing tape at dirt track drivers just trying to patch it up you know and that's kind of you know that's kind of the ironic uh life lesson you know no matter how crazy the world is and no matter how you know no matter what goes on around us, as we can see nowadays, it's, you know, really seems like anything is right around the corner, you know, with what we've all been faced with these last few years, you know, uh, never stop having fun, you know, even with the scare, you know, we just, the, the best thing you can do is drop a gear and disappear. And I think that's just what a racer's heart does. You know, if you just, uh, you keep pushing, you, you don't let any of the negativity or the crisis around you, like, get back to you you know and if there's a if there's a tape shortage for some reason you know yeah i'm sure you'll you'll find me on on the side of the dirt track throwing it over the fence of my best friend <laughs> yeah no it's yeah it, it and you really hit it because i mean 
Look, I mean, well, I think I would even add this. Like, I think iRacing was the only business during the pandemic that was booming. It really like, has one to of be. one of the few. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even giving getting TV coverage, like NASCAR is back, but digitally, as Mike Joy put it. Um, but yeah, I I just I was even all over that. Um, the racing on TV, like it's just like I racing on TV. This is this doesn't happen every day, so I'm gonna. Right, I had to clear my calendar of nothing to make sure I, actually I could used watch, to watch it. that with my dad, and it was funny because I would so I would be upstairs. I would run like the twelve o'clock Xfinity race just just to do it, you know. And I'd be in like like sixth or seventh split, you know, which wasn't bad, you know. But like, yeah, and it was definitely tough. But you know, I would do. My dad would watch me do that, and then me and my dad like were like it was crazy. Like we got we get excited to watch that because my dad knew he was like. Yeah, like this is gonna even the field out. Like this is gonna be, this is gonna be funny to see. Like all these guys that we usually see in real life, you know, we're doing the same thing I'm doing. So it was just like such a great experience during that time, just for me and my dad to, uh, you know, watch all those races. I, I'll never forget Homestead. Freaking Clint Boyer had me on the floor, man. Oh my god, dude! I, if I, if I, I've never seen a man drink beer like he does and have the fun that he does behind a steering wheel in sim racing, man. He is freaking hilarious, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of a kind of personality in NASCAR. <laughs> but, uh... No, well, yeah, no, it, it's, it's been a crazy last few years, you know. I'm hoping, um... It just proves it's all about fun, man. You know, no matter no matter what happens, and obviously, like, it, it is about, like, taking it seriously is insanely important because it gives everybody that sense of, you know, winning is real and you know, we're all really here putting our passion out in the racetrack. But, you know, the second that, you know, you're almost like not having fun anymore, you know, and then you can't even forget that. You can't ever forget that, you know, even when you're having tough times, even when you got to fix all kinds of crap and, you know, something's working that you definitely thought was supposed to be working, you know, it, you know, once, once you get past that and once Sunday night comes, you know, you, you can just look back on the weekend and be like, you know what, you know, I had fun and I learned, you know, even when you didn't, to have a good time you learn something you know and you can't ever forget that because all those times you learn all those times you know where something happens to you that was out of your control or you know you want even my buddy kyle um my buddy kyle bryant he races up in new york um and he came came out the new york race complex reverse track and uh just to talk about the last weekend of racing we alec and i were up there alec was uh, uh supporting brenna and then i was um, you know, I was, you know, helping run the race and everything with gear up, um, and doing announcing. So, you know, it was really, really, uh, we were really uncertain going into the weekend running the New York race complex, uh, layout in reverse. And I got to say it, it definitely delivered with the racing. The shift of racing was unbelievable. Uh, it was like, like it turned the back, the last section to a slow section. And there was a, there was four lead changes on the final lap for the shifter win between a GFC. Oh. Uh, what, what was it? They Robbie Campbell. He's from Downingtown, And then Blake mm-hmm. Ford, who drives for the Checkered Motorsports Ma- Magic Kart team. He, he actually brought up, he sealed the championship this weekend, but in unbelievable fashion during the pre-final on Saturday, he made a last lap, uh, set up pass to get a run to win. And, uh, but I will say, uh, back to Kyle Bryant, which is what I was originally going to talk about, going into Bertrand, which is a bend, right? I don't know, you know, you will hopefully experience uh, um, New York Race Complex in the near future. Um, 
Christian, you got to, you got to, dude. Like, cause you, I know you oh. like fast flowing tracks and you would freak out here. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely got to make it up there at some point. All right. Look, cause I'm just connecting dots here. New York race complex. That was gear up F series or no gear up is different than F series. Well, no, well gear up is the F series, but okay. gear up is the regional championship. Like gear up is the series that would used to run it like Carolina motorsports park. Pocono, mm-hmm. that like we even like when they would go to X one that was under gear up like and yeah. the F series in itself is just the state series that raced raced at English Town and New New Jersey Motorsports Park. Okay, I gotcha. But uh, Nate, the the two guys that were the uh, GFC carding, Mateo, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. That was Jason Henrique and Mike Rivera, right? Yeah, it was Jason Henrique. He was in KZ. Mike Rivera was in uh, Ship Dryman. So he was running a rock. Mm-hmm. And then Alex Manglass raised under Alex Manglass and Robbie Campbell both raced under that tent, too. Okay, because Nate, Mike Rivera always ran at F1. And then uh, yeah. Jason. And Jason Enrique. Yeah, yeah, he did, too. And Jason came up through the junior leagues uh, a, li- a little bit after I did. So, but yeah, we, yeah. we would, the, that whole racing crew, we, um, we were always around, uh, the track with one another too. So yeah. Yeah. Jason, Jason's quick dude. <laughs> and so is Mike. Dude, he is, he, dude, I am mind blown by that guy because Alex Manglass in gear up the last few years has been very well known to be almost unstoppable. Um, the only person that even would come close, uh, would be, uh, Annie Rule, who she'll be racing this weekend at Star. She races with for Magic too. Uh, she was uh, second in the championship to him last year. Uh, she won it in 2020, and in, uh, this year he was dominant because after the first round, uh, Magic didn't come. But I guess Jason Henrique, he just came out to run the last round uh, this year. Uh, which was like cool to see, you know, I didn't expect anything. He actually qualified on pole. So right off the rip and he never been, nobody had done this layout. So it was kind of an equalizer. Like if we ran the regular, I'm sure Alex would have had way more experience, but us running reverse made it kind of even out the field. And Jason was right off the rip, man. And I got to tell you, man, like, I don't know what he's been doing these last few years, but that man can drive a shifter cart now, man. He, he really put a, he literally battled hard, like back and forth with Alex the first few laps and then he was gone. It was basically all it was basically just a GFC versus Marinella about battle all weekend. You know, that that's basically what it was. Cause even Christian Marco's son, he was running under Marinello. Um so yeah, he he's one fast guy, man. He and he didn't win Saturday, but he won on Sunday. So he is uh he's a huge, huge threat no matter what. Um and yeah that and it that's I, I'm not surprised that you guys know that. That's that's really funny. Uh, Mike Rivera, he's been he's been in the sport since the you know the beginning almost like not only the beginning, but he's been in the sport since the late '90s, which is a long time for this area. He was the guy that was going to start the, and he ran a few races of the Northeast Shifter Series, and you know that just became a part of the F Series eventually. Um, you know, it, he's a uh, He's fast as heck too, man. He was actually he won a few races overall because they they combined the masters. They call it Ironman, but they co- combined the masters and the uh, regular shifters together, you know. But it's all classified under their own class. Mike Rivera, dude, he is 
he has so much knowledge and experience when it comes to carding, and he's actually a very interconnected guy in the sport. And it seems like, uh, you know, he's he's always helped trying to help people out. You know, he's uh, helped out some great great drivers. You know, start to get allocated into shifter racing, and uh, he's really me- beginning to meld them into some great drivers. You know, and uh, I'm glad that he still puts in the effort and experience he has into the sport. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, uh, it's interesting, you know, I, I just wanted to mention this, you know, it's as we kind of come out of the last race of the season at gear up, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's definitely the end of a chapter and the beginning of a new chapter. Uh, I can't really speak of like, you know, what that new chapter is going to be, but, uh, you know, just Northeast carding has been through a lot over the last 20 years and, you know, so many people have come and went and, you know, many you know, professional drivers that came through and, you know, are already on their way to, you know, through junior formula and things like that. But uh, there's a, I think a new chapter that's kind of being written here and, uh, you know, and we've been, you know, kind of trying to be a part of it with kind of, you know, bringing new talent into the sport. And uh, one, one kid I want to bring up right now is uh, Ben Braley. Uh, Ben Braley. Well, what a man, you know, he's, he started racing with us at supercharged in the winter championship uh up in massachusetts and he has been with us ever since he comes to basically every race he's won at united karting he won he was second in the championship to liam mahan liam mahan another great driver um but yeah ben braley has really been one of those drivers man that i've been looking at on the come up through our program that i think is going to be a big threat in the national level of racing in a few years and Mark my words, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the top driver in national scene right now is Ryan Norberg. And, you know, he's like in his early 20s, you know, and Ben Braley's still young. He's still got so much racing left to do. And, you know, Alec, uh, I don't know. I know me and you have been fantasizing about his start at uh, OVRP a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, A few months ago, we had a... We co-hosted a endurance race with endurance karting at Oakland Valley, and the entire weekend it was just raining, downpouring. You know, practice on Friday, like we could barely stay on the track. We had like very experienced drivers going off, even. And for the race, um, you know, when when Ben went out to qualify for our team, he came in and and weighed in a little bit under the weight requirement, so he had to start from the back. And it took him under, like, 12 laps to go from 21st in the rain. He's never been in the rain before, and he's never used these carts or driven at this track. And it took him 12... Yeah, and you were driving rental carts on slick tires. Like, there is no grip. Like, you have to know how exactly to drive these carts to have any sort of success. It, like... It does not come naturally at all. And this man, Ben, he went from 21st to 6th overall in 12 laps. He was passing people like like three wide through some of the turns in the rain. And it was just like one of the best starts that I've ever seen. And, you know, it's, it's people like this that really get the community excited. You know, you... You have like this uh, generational talent that just comes through and just 
shows this completely dominating force um, in any race that they go to. You know, they're always competing at the front, like, no matter where they are. You know, they could go to any track, use, like, pretty much any rental cart, and sometimes even competition cart. And, you know, they'll always be at the front and, you know, challenging the leaders. And, you know, Ben's one of those guys, and, you know, right now he's he's leading the championship again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes the rest of the season, but it's definitely not going to be easy. You know, the, the championship lead, I think, changed three times in the past three races. And, you know, it's still going to be close going down to the last race at GoPro Motorplex in October. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I've raced against Ben, and he's he's a quick driver, and he's and I've seen his um his uh his uh first start or the the opening stint at that uh six hour race in uh OVRP, and that was just stunning stuff. I mean, it's it's seriously, and he was in a class of his own. It was unbelievable driving, and he he's if if anyone's looking out there for like a driver that has some serious skill. I mean, he has to be on the list. More than definitely. Uh, I'm really, really hyped to see uh, how we can make of him. You know, and uh, just one thing, one thing I wanted to mention, we're actually having our first ever race with two different um, engine classes ever. Uh, we've had two different weight classes before, but we've never had two different uh, performance classes uh, so we are we we are proud to introduce uh, the Club United Road Tax will be a part of our championship and we'll be actually the championship drivers that are in the running for the championship will be running that Road Tax class amongst themselves so they won't have the usual uh, you know uh, you know regular you know rental giant rental field to face uh, but I'm sure yeah and for ever, anyone that doesn't know the the two stroke Road Tax carts are the same kind of carts that you'll see at Club 100. Um, you know, two strokes are driven a lot differently to the four strokes, and they're the main level of competition, the main motors used in competition karting. Um, so, you know, the opportunity to have a two-stroke rental kart class at this level is just huge. You know, at this for anybody looking to go from rental carts into two-stroke competition carts like this is what you need to do you know you get practice with a rental cart with a similar motor and it, it just gives you the chance to not have to break the bank while still getting a lot of practice that is much needed you know it's these two-stroke carts are not easy to drive you know me and Mateo have driven them only a handful of times and it is definitely way more difficult than you know, your average rental cart. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm still learning with rental carts myself and it's just, it's a ever, it, it will never ending learning curve with racing. You can, there's so much to learn, even in race cars, you know, and, and high performance go karts such as the, uh, carts with the X30 engines. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to, a lot to learn at tracks and how to drive the carts. So, um, I, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect lap, but I mean, you get to get pretty darn close if if you really, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and we want to kind of really kind of create a focus now, you know, because it's really gonna 
uh, this this round nine. I mean, we saw round eight, you know, because you know one thing my dad always used to say is like, one I'd be like, Dad, you ready for this weekend? He'd be like, Mateo, I I gotta get through today, right? I gotta get through, you know what I mean? So looking ahead to Monza, uh, it's gonna be a really really good round. Uh, it's very uh, it's a very well known layout now. Uh, you know, we are happy to come back this season, and I know there's a lot of drivers that want redemption from the last round we had there. So, you know, this that this weekend, that's going to be huge, um, you know, and then going into uh, round number nine, we have, like I said, our first two class race, uh, the race in the rental carts is still going to be, you know, really, really close. Uh, the carts are now chain drive uh, instead of belt drive now. So they're doing much, much better there. Uh, I got a report from Alex Smith, which is a championship driver for us that he had the uh, in order to actually race in the road tax class, you actually have to go there uh, to qualify. So if you're listening and you're interested, uh, you must go qualify. Uh, and you have to get at least a 54.5. But apparently it's much easier now with the chain drive um, on the Carolyn chassis. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be a really, really close race in the rental class. And then our road tax class has a championship uh, at hands. Uh, and then... Uh, right after United, the drivers are going to have almost a month off. Uh, we're going to still have our eSports. We have our, we're going to our last uh, three eSports rounds, and I believe you, Christian, are in the lead of the championship. So, uh, we, And our man from Kansas, he's going to be looking in, and Grant Palmer is racking up ridiculous amount of points, and if he really wants to run every race to the end, he might be able to do something absolutely insane. There is one drop week. Um you know, I'm yeah. going to work the boat to see if there's one or two, but, uh, you know, it's going to be very, uh, it's going to be very close in both, you know, real life and in esports at the IndyCar Challenge. Um, the last race in real life is going to be at GoPro Motorplex on October 2nd. Uh, you know, there's going to be some of our esports guys like Carson Barrett. He actually, he should be coming. Um, they're, you know, we're looking for more talent from the South. So anybody listening, you know, if you have any friends or if you are from the Carolina or Virginia area, come out to the Touring Cart Championship GoPro Grand Prix at GoPro Motorplex. It's a huge race. We're going to have the, uh, we have the biggest field availability of 52 carts uh, that we've ever had. It is the hop level racing track in the East Coast uh, is drivers can be flocking from all over RVA karting. I'm sure some of those guys will be there. It's going to be a top weekend. We still have the endurance championship because, you know, just what our program is, is we have our own Grand Prix championship and then we co-host an endurance championship for anything Maryland and North for endurance karting. Uh, but in, in the Northeast, championship for endurance karting will be at the uh lime rock karting the fall karting classic uh on october 15th uh the art main touring cart team which just won on home turf with ben and henry who nathan and i uh raced against uh, a couple years ago uh, they won with alec and gennady from uh new york city karting uh shout out to new york city karting thank you guys for helping our program and coming to our races. Um, you know, we have a lot, a lot coming up. Uh, that endurance championship is going to come down the wire. Voodoo, 
uh, just just to put in perspective, uh, so the endurance karting races, uh, you know, you, you guys actually, you know, you guys actually had a toe in one of those races uh, with uh, Redness Racing. You also had Evan Rouskin uh, in the cart at, and a few other guys at Club Motorsports. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Evan Rouskin. Yeah, I've heard you guys talk about it on the podcast a little before, uh, but well, how was that for you guys? Oh, it no. was really super fun. I mean, yeah. it was my whole thing with that was to like bring. Um, I mean, more or less the um, I I call it F one Boston Zombies to to the <laughs> track, but uh, yeah. But I just really wanted to. Um, I mean, drivers like Evan Rackus and Alex Gomes, and and I know Christian's skill, and I know yeah. my skill, and, and and Hugh North. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for... and, and Charlie, who, who was that? Charlie, who oh, was yeah. that? And so, uh, I knew I was forgetting a name, but, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get those drivers into, you know, the same atmosphere as Touring Car Championship and other drivers from yeah. endurance karting, like Voodoo Racing. Like, I mean, they're doing the whole schedule too. So that's a team that's really, you know, up, up there in skill and, and really puts you into a corner of how, how fast can you go? <laughs> well, yeah. And, yeah. And, and so just to have, you know, all, team that we brought over and and look we were everybody wants to win but i i would i would say going into that race my mentality was all right we're in pro class all right let's at least podium yeah well and and i think the i would say the team that we brought to like we also had high expectations too because we know that the six of us are super competitive and want to do the best that we can and in any of the the um high performance car or competition cards and then the rental leagues around the around new england like we're all quick in uh in any of those so we just definitely wanted to take some of that and put it up against some guys that that were from outside new england area and see where we stacked up and yeah it was a great event at club motorsports uh too so yeah good good race there yeah thanks for coming out guys uh you know we uh it was was really crazy you know to kind of see you guys come in you know with uh yeah obviously voodoo and our first team uh is very very competitive um you know we we just just for anybody listening just to put it in perspective if you watch WEC or imsa you know i guess best way you can compare it would be you know like uh toyota and alpine are kind of uh the voodoo and us you know i'd say voodoo is kind of like toyota because you know voodoo is made up of the guys that you know help mechanic and help a lot of the work with endurance karting and you know guys like ken who's a good friend of paul from full tilt racing uh he's, he's a good friend of all of us uh you know ken and a few other guys uh you know and even uh <clears throat> sometimes chris's chris chris mccoy's son yeah he'll be racing in that team as well so they're just you know they know those cards really well and you know they uh are really really talented drivers just in general um but one thing i will say you know they make sure that's even fair competition they make sure that when they do win uh it is done you know it's done properly and uh you know that that day we were i was watching the times from where i was and i i just saw we were just closing that gap closing that gap closing that gap and then you know, we ran out of laps. So, I mean, we had, we had come so close to winning overall 
so many times. It's funny. I'm actually standing here in my office looking at a second place in semi-pro from touring kart racing. Uh, and that was because I made the mistake of bringing it Alec in way too early thinking, you know, like we got a nice gap, let's just get out of the way and finish. But then we just got the worst cart you could imagine. So, you know, we wound up getting reeled in, um, and at we, motors, at our, uh, camp motorsport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we had our first team won, and then actually, uh, unfortunately, got DQ'd after being off by like a pound. So, no, there. So our our first team finished first overall, but the the finishing driver was point three pounds under the weight minimum, and oh. so she, they got their win taken away from them. Yeah, and we were really in second tough. place right behind them. I, well, actually, before the cart change, we were in first, leading them. And, you know, as soon as I got into that last cart, uh, you know, I, I came out of the pits and I just saw our first team drive right by me. You know, I instantly knew it was a bad cart. And, Ooh, you know, yeah. we, we were kind of taken that out helplessly of the race from that. You know, we dropped from first to third. And, you know, there's not really much we could do. So, you know, we generally when, you know, our endurance teams go out and, and represent us at races, um, we have a good showing. Uh, you know, Touring Car Championship hasn't finished off of the podium at the endurance karting races yet. Um, when we went down to the 24 hours of NOLA, you know, we were running... Um, you know, third to fifth before uh, our cart broke and we had to spend 45 minutes fixing it. But, um, you know, yeah, that it really just shows what putting people in one community in, you know, this comp- competitive environment where they can just sit there and compete against each other and grow and, you know, learn how to adapt to different tracks. You know, it just shows how powerful that really is because we go to you know pretty much every race and are immediately competitive in in rental carts you know there's you know we can go to any track and have a pretty good showing yeah more than definitely it's been the um it's been an awesome ride in, in the endurance races and winning at home at New Jersey Motorsport Park uh, was just so awesome to see. Uh, you know, just you know, as I was directing that race, just in the back of my mind, I was just so I was just so thrilled um, to see th- this team become what it has, and seeing our two and three teams finish on the podium uh, respectively, and seeing you know our new rookie drivers such as Wyatt, you know, get some great experience out there. He actually started for the team, so he did a great job. Uh, Alex did a great job. Ramon. Pierre, Pierre came out, uh, and he, he put on a showing to, as well. Uh, they all did, you know, and like I said, voodoo racing is very hard to beat and, you know, for us to beat them at Avenger, you know, and Avenger, I got to say, like, it was another round. It was just one of those races where we didn't know what to expect, kind of like what I was talking about with gear up, but, um, you know, it wound up producing like great racing. Everybody had somebody to battle at some point or another. So it's far from, you know, just a, you know, straightforward endurance race for a lot of people and, we played the strategy really, really well. Uh, you know, we kind of ran a really good strategy, and we were able to, you know, do what we had to do. And we, uh, 
we got it done. So going into Lime Rock, I'm going to be, you know, watching on and uh, watching watching our guys do what they do best. I'll, I'll be getting back out there pretty soon. I, I got a lot of sim work that I'm doing over the next uh, five or six months. Um, you know, I'm doing a few tests here and there with a VLR, you know, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be working kind of here somewhat behind the scenes. My, my, my main results and uh, pushing is going to be in our esports challenge. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, that's kind of the kind of the cherry uh, on top for what I wanted this program to become. And it's uh, one I want to actually formally announce. Uh, I just kind of say that for the podcast, uh, we are now uh, we now have a, a ladder program in esports as well. Uh, we are now introducing Formula Four on Monday nights. Um, we just had our first test season under Apex Racing just to kind of work out kinks, see how it works, see what kind of drivers we need, and see how we have to attack the setup. And now we kind of know what we need to do. So we're going to be starting uh, with Bell Isle. The Touring Cart Championship is going to be going to the streets of Bell Isle. We're going to Watkins Glen first. So we're kind of following the NASCAR weekend a little bit. Yeah. We're a little late to the party, but we're pulling, you know, we got the hall, we got the virtual haulers pulling in the Watkins Glen now. Uh, yeah, well, so. saving the best for last. And and that's, that, that's one track I'm really excited for, especially with the boot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Christian, how you feeling going into this round? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it's. How are you feeling? <laughs> Uh, a little banged up from from this past weekend of racing on my own, but uh, I think after coming off the that triple oval, uh, the th- how, how do I phrase that? Yeah, the past the three races we've yeah. yeah the past three races we've done our ovals, and I didn't think I was gonna do anywhere good on those because oval is just not my not my strength at all, but, and I managed to yeah managed to walk away with a a win on one of them and two fourths. So I, in terms of points, I'm, I'm doing all right. So those are, yeah, um, those are happy points there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess it just makes my life a little bit easier going into the last couple where I only just got to kind of manage. Um, if I, if I want to take the LM pro approach, I can play the points game or I can just do what I've done the past three races where I just go out and drive my ass off and see where I finish. Yeah, just do this. Yeah, just do this in 1988. I think it was. He's leading by a minute, <laughs> yeah. and it just bends it. And then here comes Nathan for the lead. <laughs> yeah. Now let me ask you something. One cool part of our championship is, uh, you know, the esports challenge is meant to be a kind of like an almost like an. It's like it is a race. It's a full blown racing series, but it's almost kind of like an all star challenge too, because it takes the, uh, drivers from disciplines and different karting series all over the East Coast. Uh, you know, that kind of, or, or even just professional racing drive anywhere. Like even we had Blake Waffney and truck series, uh, rookie, uh, come out, um, at Pocono and I had a little tussle with him and he, uh, apologized to me. So thank you, Blake. You're, you're a good dude. <laughs> but, uh, so what is it like racing Indy Cassie? Indy Cassie is a driver. Uh, he races a lot of United Karting. He does a lot of stuff at Summit Point. He's a really, really fast guy. Um, you know, he's, it seems like you two have really gotten to know each other uh, somewhat well. So just tell me, well, what what is it like been having some of those finishes you've had with that driver? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's been good racing. It's it's been pretty comparable to uh, some of the racing that I close close and hard but fair racing that I've had in 
any of the carding that I've been involved with around up here in New England. Um, and it's it's been good to just kind of replicate that in in here in in the esports league, and then also with TKC. So I mean, clearly, like that's the kind of level of racing you're getting with with these guys around here. So and that's that's good. That's what you want to what you want to see. So. Well, of course, you know, and then like, yeah, like I said, like, you know, you, you're, I know you're very quick at iRacing because even some, like I ran with you at Plumall a couple of years ago. Um, and I was the first team we were together. And then I had a very, uh, my night stint was basically just kind of trying to climb our way back up from a Ferrari, a very faithful Ferrari that came at us 11 hours into the race. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry to bring up trauma guys. I'm not, I'm not. I'm I'm not no, trying to do that. It it builds uh, it builds character. <laughs> it builds it character. Does build character. You're right. You're right. You know, because yeah. you know, next one we tackle, whatever we do, like they, you know, it, it's gonna. It, it, there's so much at stake, and we have so much energy now, and we've learned, you know. Uh, but I'll never forget that day. That was that was so awesome, even because I remember that's how I got to know you, and then even just right off the rip, I, I got to say, Christian, you know, you were very very quick on the sim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you 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 run up there with some of the you know some of the top times uh, in the country, which is really really <clears throat> really wild. Uh, it seems like you're very you know like you said like you're very adaptive yourself. So you know, kind of seeing the way you've tackled the IndyCar Championship since Road America has been really impressive. So uh, I wish you the best of luck. Um, you know, just uh, it won't won't be as easy as Gateway. Uh, next time when you have to pass me because I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the right thing next time. <laughs> well, you better save your push the passes until the end of the race like I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, yes, I do. I also got to knock some of my tires at the beginning, beginning of the stint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it'll so, be good. Yeah, um, you know, but yeah, so it's it's been awesome. Uh, you know, just to quickly touch, uh, you know, just to, speaking of Watkins Glen, uh, you know, Watkins Glen just got visited by NASCAR just recently and I just wanted to mention, you know, just because it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know, like, it's just kind of interesting to see how Chase Elliott took what happened. Uh, you know, he just was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Time for Daytona, baby. Like, time for Bristol and Daytona, you know. So, so I mean. What what did he, I, I guess, elaborate for me on that one? Because I, I, I'm missing something because everyone's so uh, hyped up about how controversial the restart was or anything like that from like a pure racing perspective i thought it was clean and fair. well i mean not you know totally clean because there was some door banging but i mean like i i thought it was pretty fair in terms of nascar standards well so nathan can, can you can you elaborate on that a little bit well i mean i i'm okay with getting my elbows out so i mean i, I don't know it, for, for me i'm kind of used to like a nascar I do. I, oh, I don't want to say like I say okay, NASCAR, but they, there's stages and wrecks all the time. Because I mean, I, don't know. I hear, just hear me out on this. Like, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. La- the last the restart before that, Chase started on the outside and successfully executed it. So I my my thought process there of seeing it of why he chose it was well, it worked once, so it'll work again, and he and he knows what he's doing, and he's more confident going into it that time. I don't know if he just got a if he missed a shift or if he just got off the line slower than than the time before, but I mean, yeah, that's the risk you take when you start on the outside. Well, and, and I'll even, I'll even furthermore on that, like Christian knows my style of racing. Like he knows if I'm on the inside of that, there is a likely chance that I may just hit my elbow towards his elbow. Like 
that's just what it is. I mean, like, it's it's down to the wire. One person can win. It, it kind of gets to the point where it's like, all right, well, this is, I want to win. You know, you kind of look at each other like, well, who's going to win? You know, like, I that's how I would tackle it. And, you know, look, I want to do everything I can to win. I do. I'm not going to blatantly wreck you to win. I'm not going to just throw you under the bus just to win. I really, 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 really want to win, though. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, wag the $5 bill in front of me and I'll do everything that I can to get to it. But um, I thought it was relatively clean just because there really isn't any track limits in NASCAR. If there was a track limit thing, then you can make the argument that it's it's complete BS because the one race I can think of that really pissed me off, if you're going to make that kind of overtake, is when... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, John Hunter Nemechek went complete, like, uh, what, I, I'll even say it, uh, X, like Xbox remote or PS4 remote died. And he, like, it, this was at Mossport, or I guess Canadian Tire Raceway or whatever. Uh, he, he was next to Cole Custer in the truck series, and they went in the grass, and they both finished in the grass because. John Hunter Nemechek just hung a hard left and just stayed left until he came across the finish line to win. I think that's a BS finish just because it's, you're completely off course and you can clearly see that he's like hard left and going to make sure that he can at least finish the race ahead. I don't know. I just feel, I just feel it's a little different because, I mean, in basically what NASCAR's layout of Watkins Glen is, not eye racing. It's it's a part of the track almost. They're not well, going to no, really penalize you for really being off track like that. Well, That's still the racetrack. Yeah, well, especially with big heavy stock cars, you know, and it, and it's just something that happens when you know, like, you got twenty or thirty, forty cars are going into turn one, and honestly, like, if you look at that restart, you know, Kyle Larson just locked up a little, and then Chase Elliott kind of got knocked off. What I was mentioning, like. Like, Chase Elliott really didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, when they interviewed him, they did not seem, he did not seem to care all that much. Because, I mean, look at the way the point structure is. I'm sure that <laughs> yeah, if, right, this, right. if this happened in, like, 2003, like, he would have been a lot more mad with the stage of the championship Watkins Gun was then. But now, like, like, you can, and this is just something that I think points out what the NASCAR community really, like, kind of is. You know, it's like, you look at the restart, you know, Elliot probably missed, just missed a shift and like Kyle Larson locked up and he got knocked back to third and Logano got in there and then Almondinger, who I was rooting for and who, who I'm always pulling for at these road course races because he's kind of like the underdog and he's the road ringer. You know, I'm always pushing yeah, for him to beat Larson. A, he's part-time in the Cup Series right now and yeah, he's college yeah. racing. So, I mean, it's a, you know, clear underdog favorite. Yeah, yeah, you know, and Okay, and then look what happens, right? So Chase Elliott gets interviewed after the race, you know, and he also got interviewed by Bob Pockras, uh, and, you know, just kind of asked him, like, how did you feel? Did you feel like, the, you know, and he was like, oh, whatever, you know, like, like uh, I guess we're just going to go into Bristol, you know, like, it, uh, he literally, like, the vibe he gave for me, like, he's like, he did not care. And then Christian, like, what what is it about, like, the NASCAR community that, like, seems to just, like, blow up 
you know, when these things happen, you know, it's not like Chase Elliott is somebody who's missing a championship or wins or anything like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's just, it's just, it is just like a normal thing in the NASCAR community. You just like blow up about hey, like things hey, like man, this. I, you're, you're asking the wrong person. I, I, I just watch, I, my history of NASCAR is I tune into the first five laps because there's usually going to be a wreck there. And then I always tune into the last five laps because there's usually always a wreck there. And that's really the only excitement that I ever really gets drummed up there. Recently, this past season, I've been keeping in touch with it. I fully don't understand it, but I'm on the bandwagon of get rid of stage racing and bring back strategy into it. And I think this whole wins thing is and playoffs thing i i'm kind of against just because i i don't just just say it's bs <laughs> I, 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 just, I i i will say it's bs i i just i don't i don't get any other other than the those shootout events where it's like okay like it's one event you have to win this race to move on because like that's the only kind of opportunity that we can afford to give you like i understand that kind of thing if you're just trying to like go to the next step but like if you're going into these into these big championships like there's there's a season and that's that's where a driver i i would think is crowned champion i i don't know how many other series that are out there that have playoffs in racing I, i've well, never viewed it like that what so this is basically what happened this is all i'm gonna say nascar put itself in the a position of sports marketing on television of, you know, baseball, NBA, NFL, whatever. And in 2013 and 2012, they were beginning to notice, you know, their ratings fall off simply for the quality of the racing that was being behold. And also just sim- sim- the simple matter of the fact, you know, that, you know, it's, it's all about money at the end of the day and you know, more viewership and more people in the sport obviously means more money. So, you know, NASCAR looked at, you know, even creating the chase that they created in 2014, you know, as a way that one would make drivers go for wins and be less conservative, which to them creates ratings other than, you know, like what, whatever racing is. And then two, you know, the chase is something that I guess wasn't the worst idea. Like the chase did introduce that playoff idea into racing and that immediately, you know, with the hardcore, uh, you know, racing, uh, you know, pioneers, I guess you can say, you know, they're, they're kind of like, nah, like that's, that's you, you get, you got to race through the full season, you know, but in a way, like whatever, there's 43 drivers, you know, back then in NASCAR, one chase, whatever. It was just a part of the season where the top 10 or top 12 would just get reset. And then there you go. And then Jimmy Johnson just so happened to be really good at it. <laughs> Uh, so that's, right, yeah. that, that's it, all that, that's all that was, yeah. you know, but if, if you go to you fast forward to what this, the, this is all, this all is, it, it, it has really become like, maybe at first, like it did spice things up a little and made, make things like pretty wild, but also at the same time, like, I think it has, it is, it has gone way beyond and way past what its original purpose was, and it's, I think it's time to go back to the basics because it one the racing is great, but it's getting ridiculous because <clears throat> people are winning, like all these drivers are winning, and then if like another driver wins at Daytona, this is going to be freaking stupid because we're going to have another 2013 situation now. 
Uh, not technically no, because if uh, if you have a new winner at this race, then you have sixteen winners right then and there. Uh, well, well, hold on. So this is this is the point of conversation I was waiting for. So Ryan Blaney, he's like yes. If 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 it's like regular season points, he's third or uh, he's second or third total with points. He, and so yeah, let's just third. say Brad Kozlowski, my my homeboy, my homeboy Brad Kozlowski. You just love him, don't you? Pulls it, pull, uh, he listen, listen. <laughs> him and Paul Wolf were a dynamic duo in 2012. Uh-huh. I was sold. So, but <laughs> let's let's just say look, Bubba Wallace, Corey LaJoy. Ricky Stenhouse, someone that if, is just does if, had, does not have a win, and, and 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 what ends up happening is that that's the guy who gets it. Ryan Blaney does not get a chance at the championship despite having all these points racked up right. to be second or third in the uh, in the regular season. Well, yeah, I guess we'll yeah. just put it that way. And if that happens, that would not only show how ridiculous this format is. One and two. You know, like I said, it's run its time. Like, it's not too late the point where it's no longer like, oh, word, it's mad exciting now because in the last race, like, you know, any fourth driver can win. It's lost its spark. Like, it never even had a spark, you know. And honestly, NASCAR is lucky. You know what's kind of crazy? NASCAR is lucky that Kyle Larson's pit crew was really good because if Kyle Larson did win that championship last year, that would be complete bull crap, man. That would have been such a joke after his yeah. performance last year and him not winning the championship. That would have been like, this is officially a joke. So in a way, they're lucky he like, finished good at Phoenix. Like, you know, maybe at first, you know, when we almost had Ryan Newman almost troll NASCAR and win the championship with no wins. Oh, yeah. 2014. I know. I was I was waiting for Ryan Newman to give like the double bird to NASCAR if like Harvick just somehow didn't win and he finishes like second and just ahead of everybody. Oh my god, I was waiting on that. I was like, oh, what? Well, the NASCAR, you made your bed, and honestly, at this point, you just got to sleep in it. And and look, they got rid of the worst person. They they, I mean, he did it to himself, Brian France with the DUI. But I just that, at that point you just that's the guy you got to get rid of because he's creating all this bullcrap of a terrible playoff system that NASCAR is now. I mean, NASCAR is digging their own grave. They've ruined strategy. Number one, they they've ruined um, that idea of playoffs and and a championship is almost irrelevant. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. It's run its course. And from here on out, they really got to look at their series and be like, like, damn, like, we have all these new fans now, but are these new fans, like, like, even for the new fans, I think this is just I, too much. Like, I think I this is a new fan. This is probably just a better question of asking, like, how do you grow motorsports, right? Because everyone, obviously, that's involved in motorsports wants to see it, you know, up on national TV, be able to watch races every weekend. You want to see it uh, become bigger and more involved because, you know, that gets more cash in and then maybe the racing will get cheaper or whatnot, but who knows. But, um, but yeah, it's it's the question of which direction do you go and then does it 
start to ruin the sport and take away what it what it was because you don't want to lose that feeling either of what racing is and what it's meant to be and yeah i mean i i think the uh-huh. i think motorsports you can't no one wants to artificially create a show because that's not what racing has been about it's always been about just um going out there and doing the best that you can with what you have and the the one thing that doesn't lie is the stopwatch yeah yeah because i mean we're all racing against the clock aren't we so uh and then just what i'm saying it's like you can't just win a racing championship by by oh i won one race during the regular season that i could just do whatever the rest of the season just to win one race in the playoffs or just win at the right time in the playoffs and you know boom like <clears throat> yeah. yeah so you know it's like it's a uh it, it it's definitely a format that has on its course even for even what I was going to say for the new fans it's not like it's like I can only imagine a new fan a new fan probably doesn't even understand what just happened when somebody crosses a line with a green and white checkered flag they're probably like okay what what is there a cost okay there's a caution now not like oh the win like you know like it's like that's where it's it, it's not even doing its purpose anymore and you know my message to NASCAR obviously you know not listening to this but my message to NASCAR is grow up back to the basics this is racing you're going to have good races focus on your package make your package continue to race good don't overdo it make sure they're you know cup is now literally officially sl- slower than Xfinity it doesn't make any sense I know you're trying to make better racing because Cup is your TV viewership, but just just cut the crap. <laughs> Throw them up a horsepower. Work on aerodynamics. Do what you got to do. You, you, you're doing a good job in that department, but your TV beat crap and your wannabe, you know, reality TV show crap is not working. And <laughs> it's, it's that, you know... I'm glad there are a lot of people watching it, but if the championship stays in the format it's going to stay at, they're going to lose. In two or three years, NASCAR will be just as irrelevant as it was 10 years ago. So let's uh, let's, let's turn the table for yeah. all sex. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Hot takes by Matteo Giuliano. Hot, the very hot take. They're like NASCAR, it's, uh, you are past. You are pa- you are beyond the system not working. And it, and that's the thing. As a ser- and I, I'm saying this as a race director and a series owner, I have to work with literal, like literally what I had available to me to create what I have. And if I had some gimmicky crap, I would probably not be able to survive. And I won't survive. I won't. Like I, my series will be, you know, go into the grave a lot of series, you know. And I don't. And everybody's face at that, and it's hard. It's hard to keep people interested, especially with driver retention, blah, blah, blah. But with something as prestigious as NASCAR, if they head in the direction of turning it into, um, like, Wreckfest or turning it into some kind of, like, you know, monster truck racing, like, nah, you know. I don't think they're fully doing that, but 
I don't know. We're, we're, we'll see how Daytona goes, you know, and uh, I just hope that the, I just want the next generation to see racing for what it is and not be like watching uh, like toy cars, like crashing, like it's this hot wheels, you know, that, that's just what I think. So very, I know I have hot takes. I have a, very, a lot of hot takes about everything, you know, but that's just, that's just who I am. <clears throat> you know, I'm just an individual, you know, I just want, I just want everyone to get out on track and I just want, you know, I just want, I want, I just want to see some homies running through the truck series, run through Xfinity series and start giving Larson a run for his money. That's all I want. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, dude. All right. Um, well, my recording thing says two hours, so I, I think we've. This has been uh, this has been endurance podcast. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> definitely is. I, I think just like us liking endurance races, we definitely like endurance podcasts. I don't know how many people are have, have stuck it out to the end of this thing right now, but I think well, it's probably a fair to <laughs> this up. Yeah. If you hung out with us for all this time, you're cool. Uh, if you look, we're just talking. This is we're just talking about the cool stuff. If you want to really quit the talking, we're done talking. Time to do the talking. Add on track. We have NRL uh, Cup Racing 18 plus starting on Tuesday night next week. We got esports coming up in a couple days at Watkins Glen. The fun's add on track. We're live on No Pro Virtual Motorsports every Thursday. We're coming to a track near you very soon. The excuses are no longer. If you want freaking race, you can race. No more excuses. That's it. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess we uh, didn't really get to a lot of racing news this week, and we did basically a two-hour commercial for TKC, but you know what? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, no, it, it, it was uh, Mateo and Alec. It was great talking to you guys. Um, definitely uh, we'll have to catch up with you guys in real life at some point. Alec, I know I met, met up with you at uh, in Tamworth, New Hampshire, but Mateo, we definitely got to meet, meet at some point. So, Oh, we will. Do not worry. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Are you guys going to come down uh, to Lime Rock? Uh, I I got to make it through September 1st. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah. Signing uh, off. Alrighty, guys. Uh, th- this has been episode 16 of the Red Mist Podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, and thank you, Mateo and Alec, for joining us. It was great having you on the show. Um, and anyone out there who's listening, take, uh, definitely look up these guys, touring cart championship. Um, definitely something that's up and coming and definitely looking forward to seeing how they progress in the future. And it's been a pleasure having you guys. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Good night. Thank you guys for listening to the Redness podcast hosted by Christian Abbott, Sean Abbott, and Nathan Lavin. Produced by Christian Abbott and music is by Alex Wart and Harrison Taylor.